We were talking about Tefillah and we were talking about Shmona When we spoke about the introduction to Shmona why a person prefaces Shmona with uh, the explanation of why I'm davening or for myself, understanding that I'm approaching Hashem as the one who's the Kera God Lagim There's another point to talk about and that is the way we the way we approach Shmona In other words, um, we're not intending to go bracha by bracha through Shemaras and explain word by word what we ask for, why we saying what we're saying. That's really a, a different divide in its own right to understand Shemaras. So the idea here was more to understand the order of davening, like where, we, where we're getting ourselves to in davening and to bring ourselves to the place where we're davening. So it's not meant to be a period of the Tefillah. And this would bring us to that point. We said twice already that the Mahalik in davening is to go from, we thought, we've called about the Ola Mahasiyah, in the Ruchnia sense or in the physical sense to go from walking from the entrance to Besam Igdash until the Kodesh HaKadosh and like we saw when a person is staying in Shemun so which a person should feel himself nice in the Kodesh HaKadosh and uh, that's what the Rabbi Niyana says also when he talks about Tefillah when a person should think I'm standing when he's in Shemun I'm standing in front of Aaron HaKadosh I'm standing in the Kodesh HaKadosh what does that mean to us? What does that mean to us? It's not the person who is meant to be He's standing in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. So let's start with the, the famous site of Rebbein Briska in the Tvila. He says that there's two Dilim in Tvila. There's one Dilim in Tvila of having Kavanah for what he's saying, which is Pirish Amiris, knowing what I'm saying. And that he said is a Ma'akev, the Shulchan Aruch says, that in the first Barak HaShemesh, if a person doesn't have Kavanah for the words, he's not yet Okay, that's a separate thing. Because we're not talking about the words of Tefillah and what to think. We're talking about the concept of Tefillah. And that's the second that Rukhayim says that there's a din that a person knows his davening. He's only with Melech. And so that's another market. If a person says the words of Shemeshe, without the feeling I've been only with Melech, he's not yet Tefillah either. So that's what we're talking about now. What's the idea to be only with Melech? And the way we mamchish, what does it mean? Make it real to ourselves. What does it mean to be only with Melech? Is to think I'm standing in the Kodesh HaKadosh. That's clear. What's, what's the throne room of Hashem? What's from Bifnei Melech? So if you understand the Ruchnius, means you're standing by the Olam Atzilus. If you understand it in more physical terms, it's, it's manifests in we're standing in the Kodesh HaKadosh. What does it mean? What is the feeling that that's, we're meant to be feeling in such a case? That's also why we saw in Chazal that a person takes three steps to davening. It's Kilo, I'm entering into a new resource. I'm entering into a new domain. And this is now a place I'm standing in front of Hashem. And the Tzur of Tefillah, like we said, a person is not to move because uh, not just his feet, he's not meant to move his hands either because that's the way a person stands in front of a king. You know, walk in front of someone who's davening, he's not even we, we give the the way that a person and the Tzur that a person davenes from as if you'd be standing in front of a king. But that's not just meant to be shakur in the act. It's meant to be a way that a person approaches Tefillah. And uh, what's the, the, the inside the person the point where he's meant to get to is Ayim Bifnei Melech. And this is the side of Tehillim, which bats him, everything was a stage leading up to that, that point. The side of Tehillim is, or the side of being Ayim Bifnei Melech is, and that is when I'm standing in front of a king, so then I have no ability to do anything. And that's what the Pasuk says. Even by, when Pirate tells Yosef, you're going to have the dinner of a king, it says, Wabiladecha, no one's going to move without you telling him to move. 
And why is, why is it the, that's the way a person stands in front of a king? I don't move until I'm given a shus to move. And what it's meant to show is that a person feels in front of the king, I'm not allowed to do anything without the king telling me to do that. I'm a vital myself completely. In front of a king, he decides that's what I do. And I can't do anything different. And that's meant to be the tzura of the way we feel when we come to Shemun also. And that's the echo point. We're going to talk about Shemun all the things that we need. We don't, we don't focus only on the, on the world of connection to the Ruchnias. We're going to ask for you're going to ask for health, you're going to ask for finance, you're going to ask for dice, you're going to ask for being saved, and all that, and anything we want, you're going to ask for Shmanesra. But the feeling is to put that, what we need together with the feeling, and without you, Hashem, I can't do anything. And that's the idea why we want to connect what we need to Tefillah. Because normally, and the Rechah writes this in the Hashem, he makes it the Yisraeli about Tefillah three times a day, we'll get that in a moment, but first the principle. He says that normally a person feels the things I have to take care of, the things I need to do, the problems I need to solve, and it's a mahalach of a person to deal with whatever it is, to, to try and, in his own endeavor, in his own way, to try and to take care of the things he needs to take care of, to try and sort things out himself. And says Ramchal, the danger with that is that a person starts to feel that I'm, I can take care of my own issues. I can, I can take care of my own problems, I can know how to heal my own illnesses, I know how to make sure I have a good livelihood, I know how to solve my own problems, and uh, I'm self-sufficient. And that feeling comes at the expense of a person's bitachon. And that becomes at the expense of a person's reliance on Hashem because the more a person feels he can do things himself, the less he feels he needs Hashem. And that's why, says Ramchal, the point that I'm attacking Tefillah was for a person to come back to the realization that Be'etzim, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. And I put myself in a situation where I'm Ke'ilu Oymed in front of the king, which means only without being able to move without permission. And I'm going to go through all the areas in my life which I was, which are things I need to I need to do, and bring them back to the point of, and I can't do anything in this without you. So yes, I might be thinking about how am I going to make a pranasa and what am I going to do to help my business or to make the extra income, and I bring it back to Tefillah and I say, Hashem, I'm standing in front of you with that principle of that of needing a pranasa with the feeling that and I can't do anything without you. And when it comes to refer and somebody's sick, and of course I have to help them, take them to doctor's appointments, find the medicine, do the treatment, and bring it back to Tefillah. And so Hashem refers up to you, and I feel come back to the point, I can't do anything without you. And uh, it's not an easy level to get to, because we spend so much of our time, uh, and uh, most of our day, being involved in all those things which are the practical parts of what we can do. For the person who's making a pranasa, for example, he spends all of his time working on, on trying to make that income. For a person sitting and learning, he spends all his day trying to understand. And now to be able to say, HaKadosh Baruch it's not all up to you. That's all yours. There's nothing I'm doing. And then it's very difficult. It's very difficult to make a mental shift from thinking, I'm doing and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm hoping to it'll be successful to come back to the point is, no, it's not up to me. It's up to Hashem. Which is why Tefillah has a Hakdam. Like we said, it's, it's a step-by-step process of, of preparing myself to be able to do that when I get to Shemun Hashem. And the Ramchal says another point. He says, that's why there isn't just one Tefillah a day, there are three. And the Ramchal explains all three Tefillahs about this principle. He says the first one is before I start. Before I start anything, I have to come back to the starting point, and that is, really, I'm going to do what I can do to try. I'm going to put in the effort I need to put in, but I realize that the results aren't up to me. And before I even am going to begin any process, I realize that there's no point trying if Hashem is not going to help, because the results are up to Him. And that's why I say Shachris is before a person can do anything. It's awesome to do anything before chakras, not to eat, not to do avoda, not to do other things either, because the starting point of anything I have to do is that it's only, there's no point doing this if Hashem doesn't want it to work. 
And so before I even start any hashtag, it doesn't make difference what it is. I know if I'm asking you, Hashem, it's up to you. There's nothing, if you're not going to make this work, nothing's going to happen. And it's the same thing after I finish. I've now done the work I needed to do. I've tried as best as I can try. But I remember, I remember at the end of the day, results aren't up to me either. And that's why it says it's married. And I finished the day at the same point. And I say, Hashem, I've done a full day's work. I've, done, I've tried what I could do. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm coming back to the point, it's up to you. It's up to you. And then I need you to, to, to make all the efforts I put in successful. And I says, Ramchal, the biggest Chiddush, he says, it's not enough at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day. It's too long a time in between. And that's why we have to stop in the middle of the day also to refocus. And so that's why I have Mincha. Mincha is Badafki in the middle of the day. It's like, it's not, it's not normally at a time when a person would be in the middle of whatever they're doing. Stop to Dava Mincha. Why? Because again, it's, uh, it's, it's, there is that need to refocus even, even during what I'm doing. And it's not up to me, it's up to Asha. And therefore, the idea of being Oymif Namelech is to come back to the point of realization is the best nothing I can do without Hashem wanting me to do it. There's nothing which is going to work without Him wanting it to work. And that's the concept of, even before I ask for something, just the fact that I've been Oymid B'tfila is the acknowledgement that I need to ask. The acknowledgement that I need to ask because without that, nothing is going to work. And that's the, that, that's the first, that we said, the Kavanah of Tfila of being Oymid Namelech is, it gets me back to the place that there's nothing I can do without you. So I have to come back to that, that realization. It's up to you. That's uh, that's the concept of the what you call the the tzura of tefillah. The tzura of tefillah is to be putting putting myself in a situation where I'm coming back to that level of I'm only with Na'amelech. And as we said, it's the way the Yochanan Berisk learns Rambam. That's ma'akiv in tefillah. It's ma'akiv in tefillah. If a person doesn't feel like they're in tefillah, then he didn't die. And uh, that that's the difference between what we ask for many times throughout the day. Whether it's in the Sukkot Zimra or whether it's in other parts of Tfilah, we have lots of requests in the day. They aren't Tfilah, they aren't Shmuna Why? We can ask for things the whole time, but it's not coming from a point of, I'm putting myself in the Matzav, which means that there's nothing I can do without your help. I can ask Hashem Kira to assist me, but it's not that I'm not, I can't do anything. It's not that the feeling of, it's, it's all, it's all and completely up to Hashem to decide. That's what's unique about Shmuna and it's not an easy thing to work on. Because paradoxically, the more a person puts an effort into something, then the harder it is to feel that bad and that's not what the results come from. And I was in the area of a person's life with nothing to do. So I'm leaving it up to Hashem to take care of. In a way, it's easier to feel that it's up to Hashem because nothing I can do anyway. Nothing I can do anyway. For example, when it comes to finding a shidduch, I can't make the shidduch. I have to wait for somebody to find me the shidduch. So it's easier for me in a way to put it, Hashem, it's up to you because there's nothing for me to do. We'll call the same Shachonim again. They all know about me. I'm on the list already. So we're, 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 they I can't invent a person. So I know somebody somewhere has to be the one to send me the right, the right suggestion. It's up to Hashem. So I'm, I, it's easier for me, in a sense, to leave it, to leave it in Hashem's hands. That's true. And when something which it comes to having children, we also, it's very much beyond Hashem. And as I much anyone can do, except so in a way it's easier for me to leave up Yad Hashem too because I know there's, nothing, there's not much for me to do either way around so the, in a, in, it's true those are things which people realize more Yad Hashem but that makes it easier to avoid as well it's dafka those things that a person's more invested in which means they're trying harder to make something happen then it's hard to leave up Yad Hashem it's more difficult and I want to tell you a uh, Chiddush I'll back it up with Chazam 
matters. In a way, it's the, the when it comes to pranas, and this is where always where people struggle with this, this balance between mitachan and nishtatis. I don't want to give rules on that now because that's a share in its own right. But just the concept. There's a difficulty both ways. If a person wants to relate to the issue of Parnassah with complete Pitachin, which means, Akadosh Baruch you decided how much money I'm going to make this year, I don't have to help you. You can give it to me without my doing anything. So I'm going to sit down and daven or learn or sit here, whatever it is, and you decide how you want to give me the money. I don't have to work hard to help Hashem do what Hashem wants to do anyway. There's a difficulty in that. Being able to let go and, and decide, have complete pitachin, and the Shabbat is going to support me, and he knows how, and I don't have to help him. It's difficult to come to that decision. But there's, on the one hand, it's difficult to come to that realization. When a person does, and now they're relying on that pitachin, it's very easy to daven. Because the person's holding by the place. There's nothing for me to do, and Hashem, I'm relying on you completely, so I'm going to daven. And I'll daven, it would be easier for me to daven, because I've got to the stage where I am relying on Hashem. Whereas for the person or other, they're holding by a level where the right thing for them is to do shadows, and whatever way it is to try and make money or to try and support themselves, it makes davening much more difficult. Because as much as I think I'm doing, as much as I see a mahalach where I think I'm going to be successful, now stop, realize, it's not you. It's nothing to do with you. It's, a, it's only Hashem. All the shadows you do means nothing. Conceptually, we can understand that. Because... Why do you think that the same people who have the same profession, the same qualification, and are willing to put in the same effort, and some are successful and some aren't? There's no guarantee that anybody with a certain degree makes money. Some do, some don't. There's no guarantee if you put in a 10-hour workday or a 12-hour workday, you're going to be rich. Some people are, some people aren't. Which means we have to concede that it's not up to qualification, and it's not up to effort, and it's not up to anything else. It's still Hashem. But for the person who's putting in that effort, to stop for Mincha after working eight hours since this morning. I think, yes, I worked hard and yes, I did as much as I could do. And I'm expecting to get a lot of money for all my hard work. So no, forget about it. It's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with you. It's only a Kaddish Baruch It's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. Let's bring it to the Chazal. Chazal says there were four kings. There were four kings. And the way that they approached going to battle was very different. David Amalekh was a warrior. And David said, I'm going to go to war and I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. And Akadish Baruch Hu, you're going to give me the victory. And Asa, who was David Amalek's great-grandson, said, Hashem, I can't fight. But I'm, going to, I'm happy to go to, to go to the battlefield and chase the enemy. But you're going to have to be the one to make them run because I don't think I can fight them. And Yoshafat, as Asa's son, said, Hashem, I can, I'm going to the battlefield to Davin. I don't think I'm strong enough to chase the enemy either, but I'll go to the battlefield and I'll Davin the battlefield. No, I said, I said, I'm going to chase them. Well, he's going to be shot. I'm going to chase them. But yeah, you, you make them lose. You know, I don't, you're going to have to scare them that they're going to run away from me. I'll chase them. But it's not that I'm going to be the one to fight. And so it's not even that. I'm going to battle not to die. And it's Chizkiyahu. So I'm going to sleep. I don't even see that. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to die. And when I'm sleeping, you take care of it. Hashem helped all of them. Now, if I'd ask you, if that's the right list, which is the biggest? Which is the biggest level? What's the highest target? We would have thought that's uh, maybe Cheskiel. I did nothing. Hashem did the, big, the biggest mess. We know it's not true. It's exactly the other way around. The biggest level is David Amelech. He was the greatest, and everyone, and, and as the greatest, what did he say? I'm going to go to war. I'm going to fight, and I'm going to rely on you, Hashem, to give me the victory. Wow, that's doing his status. That's doing his status. Why isn't Cheskiel the biggest target? He did nothing. He went to sleep. There's zero Hishtadlis. Why is that the biggest target? 
And the answer is like this. The answer is that it's true. If the Cheshman is going to be doing a status, Paskid at the least. He did nothing. But if you're going to ask where it's hardest to have Bitachan, if you decided that the right thing for you to, is to do nothing, it's the easiest to have Bitachan. Because then I know I'm doing nothing. Whereas if I'm going to put in all the effort and do everything and still say Hashem, after all the effort I put in and doing everything I did and still I'm relying on you, that's much harder. And that was David Amalek's Bitachan was great too. If he, for every reason, decided, I need to do the Ishtadlis, which means I need to go to war, and I need to fight, I need to have generals, we need to have a strategy and a military campaign, and everything set up to, to make sure we're going to win the war, and still say, Hashem, I know it's 100% up to you. With everything that we did, and with the better, even with our better strategy, and our superior army, and better weapons, and everything, and it's still up to you, that's real bitach, and it's much harder. So what should we do? There was in between. Now, like I said before, to discuss how much Ishtadlis we should do is a separate so good, it's a separate topic and it's an individual question for each person but the insight is that even in an area where I'm putting in Ishtadlis to still say HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm not taking any credit for the result I'm not taking any credit for the result it's still completely up to you that needs guidance and that's being Oyim Bifnei Melech Oyim Bifnei Melech is going back to the stage where I say this is what I'm being busy with this is what I'm working on this is what I'm trying but I know that I can't do anything it needs you to have results. And it applies to us as the also. If you've been learning the whole morning to try and understand the Sogya, and you're going to go up and say, Hashem, Yes, I tried to work for four hours. If you're going to make, make it clear to me, I'll understand. And if you're not, then I won't understand. And I've had experience of both. There have been other Sogyas which we did understand. Everything was beautiful. And other Sogyas we got completely lost. We don't know what's going on. It wasn't because you didn't try. It's because sometimes it's the Yatadishma, and sometimes we won't say, and now we can say, Hashem, I'm Omin Fanecho. Like a person who stands in front of a king, I can't do anything. I need you to, I need you to explain it to me. I need you to sh- explain, show me how to understand it. Because otherwise, with all the hard work I'm doing, I'm not going to get anywhere. That's what fit is meant to bring a person to. So, let, let's take uh, financial success, for example. When you look at the people who are able to really hit it big, they, there was a certain baseline of Shkalas that they had to do in order to, let's say, like, mass the miracle that the Kaddish Book Some, yeah. Some, no. But, but you can look statistically and see that there are certain behaviors of people who are able to hit the, the top levels of success in any area of life, that they're doing things that other people aren't. They're willing to go the distance for other people aren't. Now, I'm going to tell you again. That's not true. Some yes, some no. The people who have tremendous no, success... No, there's, no, there's no person in the National Basketball Association that is not putting in ridiculous hours to be as good as they are. Oh, so I said, well, what are you calling success? I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, let, let's talk about physical success. To be, to be excellent at something. I mean, yes, yeah, I agree with you. No one's going to be an athlete without putting in effort. So same thing with war. I mean, like, to no. be successful. No, it's a very big difference. If you're going to tell me someone's a good athlete, I agree they have to work hard. If you're going to say, do the best athletes always win the game? Not necessarily. No, true. There could be other they, factors but involved. But they have to put themselves in the, in the, in the, in the arena to win the game. Yes, yeah, that's just because Hashem is not interested in doing nothing for people to win basketball games. But it's, uh, if you're talking about war, if you're talking about war, then it's not like that. If you're talking about war, going to battle, so then it's true. If the battle is being run in more or less a physical way, so then of course you have to go to the battlefield and fight, and now leave it up to Hashem to, to help you with the outcome. And statistically, you're going to tell me that also, that yeah, if you have the better army and the stronger team, and whatever else it is, then, then you're going to win. And that's relying on the Shadlis. And if you're going to go to the level of Chizki or Melech, and say, for every reason, I'm not doing a Shadlis, a Shadlis isn't going to help me, so I may as well just rely on Hashem straight. And then Hashem can make things work that way also. And don't think that's such a foreign concept to us. We're seeing that the whole time. We're seeing it the whole time. 
uh, here, even here in Eretz Yisrael today, I would go back to the Galvul, which might be 30 years ago, might be before you guys remember, but let's go to more recent times. If they can throw two and a half thousand uh, rockets from uh, from Gaza, and the statistical probability, however you want to cut it, of how many of them are going to hit homes, forget about killing people, how many are going to hit a, a target, statistically you have a, a certain percentage. And if you look at how many dead, it's always way, way less than that. And it's, it, it, that repeats itself time and again and time and again and time and again. I actually saw someone show me an interview that some foreign reporter asked them, uh, well, you guys have such bad aim that like you get like a 0.0 something percent hit rate. Like what's going on? Like you can't aim your things a bit better. Especially like aim it at highly densely populated areas. Like you keep, like how can you keep missing? And they basically, the Arabs said this. They basically said it's not our fault. We're aiming fine. It's, it's like the, the Jews have this thing that pushes them out the way. Now, that's them talking, not us. Halavai, we would say that. But it's them saying that the, the, the Jewish guy, he pushes the missiles out the way. So, one second. Believe, don't believe. There's a certain, it's nothing to do with us. We're not, we're not shooting down all those missiles. They're not, so, there's a certain level of hashkacha which you can see. It's not, it doesn't need us. It happens without us. And I'm going to get the Gulf, what I said before, where on the contrary, the Israeli army didn't get involved at all. And out of all the missiles that they sent at us, one of them hit a person. One of them hits a person. The rest, all and those were guided missiles. They weren't just random shots. They all they all went into they all went astray. It made no sense. So again, when Hashem is involved, yes, Hashem gets involved. And when you see Ashkach, we see Ashkach. Now, the areas in the way Hashem wants to get involved, Hashem doesn't want to get involved. Then I'm asking with you. And as I said before, there's this big sugya of how much is the person meant to rely on that, how much the person is not meant to rely on that, in which circumstances, that's the sugya of bitachan, and how much the person is to have. It's a separate topic. It's a topic which a person is mechuyiv to learn, because it makes a big difference in their life. When am I meant to have ishtadlus, or am I not meant to have ishtadlus? How much ishtadlus, what's right, what's wrong? It's a sugya, it's a different topic. That's for David. It's a different, it's a different sugya, and everyone's to work on that. The point I'm trying to say is, even in those things where we're putting in an effort, there's still that, there's that necessity to be able to come back to Tefillah. And to come back to Tefillah is not that Hashem please help me because I'm doing great and just help me. It's to come back to me, which means I can't do anything. I can try and I can put an effort, but at the end of the day, everything is up to Hashem. And that's what the Ramchal writes in Derech Hashem, which I reveal, that the point of Tefillah, which means Shmuel Ezra, is coming back to bring everything that I'm doing in my day to being Mifnei and if a person is going to spend Shmuel Esri thinking about Ruchnius, and the rest of the day he's worried about other things, he's not doing the job of davening. The job of davening is Badafka, to connect what I'm busy with and what I'm working on and what I'm trying with, to connect it back to the Emunah, that at the end of the day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is up to you. This is up to you. I can try, and I am trying, and I'm doing whatever, whatever area it's going to be, but I'm coming back to the point is, I have to come to you because you're the one who's going to make it work. And that's what Tefillah, Dafka Shmuel Esri, is the Koyach of Chizuk Emunah. Because that comes back to the point of that, that, that uh, I'm, I'm coming back to the point that Hashem has to decide to make something happen. That's the, that's the underlying feeling a person has to have throughout Shmuel Esri. Yes, I can have kavan on what typically thing I'm asking for, not asking for. The fact that I'm asking in Shmuel Esri means I'm asking from the position there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to make it happen unless you're going to make it happen. And I'm definitely going to talk about those things which I was involved in, which I was trying. Because then I, I, I'm not losing my emunah. That even the things I'm trying to do, I can't do on my own. Even the things I'm trying to, I can't do on my own. And I have to bring it back to Tefillah too. And the Tefillah is definitely the Tefillah which is over for the Amalek. Because uh, in front of a Amalek, that, that, then only the Amalek has power. That's the Yusayda of Rukhosh Mnesha, and that's why we have it, like we said, three times a day.
on the spiritual level, we'll finish with this. You say that's the idea of the only in the Olam Atzidus. That's the the counterpart of the spiritual level we spoke about as well. And that is, there's certain Kaychas Hashem says down to the world. And like we said, they, 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 there's a way that once it's a, the Hashem has decided to do something, it's a process as, as it comes down to our world. So the Kitzakavit and the Malachim and whatever until it comes to this world. The Olam Atzidus is the Olam of Hashem deciding. We call the we call we say Mishnah Melech. That's the Olam That's what Hashem decides, and that's what Shmuel Esther brings us back to. Because at the end of the day, it's not a, a process which is already in place. It's coming back to a point of Hashem's decision, and it's up to Him. That's up to Him. It's not like we, we're capitalizing on something which is already in place, and therefore it's just going to happen by itself. No, Shmuel Esther brings us back to the point of Hashem. We're in a place where everything rides on your decision. That's what's going to make all the difference. And it's the same place, if a person wants to feel Shemona Esrei, that meaning, it's like Ili is standing in front of a judge. And now the judge is going to make the ruling. Let's feel that way. And yes, we've put money into the, the best lawyer and we'll give him the best argument. But so is the other side. Now what's going to be next? Well, at that stage, there's nothing more for anyone to do. Now we're waiting for the judge to make a decision. That's what's going to, and that's what's going to make everything, uh, the result is going to depend on. It's in that sense, there's a concept of Tvila also. And that is, yes, we've tried, yes, we've done, yes, we've, that was our, on one, that was our side of the thought, what we could do on our side. Maybe there's a counter side. And in Ruchnus, we see that. There's a Tevet. No, we, we want one thing. There's, there's, there's the other side in the scale of Shemayim. The, 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 the things we've done wrong, the Sotan is asking to punish us, whatever it is, which is the, the balance to what we want to do, or we've tried to on the one side, is a counter on the other side. And now Hashem is the side. And uh, as much as we've tried, it's like as much as you've put in money into a lawyer to, 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 to put forward your case. There's no guarantees you're going to win. There's another side too. And now it's the judge. He's going to decide and that's what's going to carry things. That's the same idea as the Melech. And then as we come to that same place that we've put forward our argument, we've tried what we can do, Hashem, you're the one who's now going to decide what happens next. And then the, here skill and here effort and here expertise makes no difference. Makes no difference. Any good lawyer will tell you that. It says, I might be a skilled lawyer, I might be able to talk well, I might be able to present your case well, but at the end of the day, it's the judge that's deciding. It's the judge that's deciding. And it's the same thing we have to in Twitter. As much as we, we've tried hard and done what we can do and whatever we put into it, it's the judge that's deciding. And that's the same feeling we have in Shulestra. We only live in the Melech. And we come to ask him because he, that's that serious. You're going to decide, Hashem. As much as we can do to make things happen, there's a decision which has to be made, and that's coming to Hashem to make a decision. And the more a person is aware of that, then that makes Shemun Esher more a feeling of there's nothing for us to do, more than we've done, because it's, it's Hashem's decision which is going to make the difference. And that's what we're holding by Shemun Esher. We're holding by that place of bringing things to Hashem to decide, and that's what's going and the realization that everything we've done is just presented at sight, come from one point of view. The decision which is going to be that we're allowing Hashem to give us.